Chapter 8 You may think it's odd that I believe myself to have been lucky during the war. To give an example of my luck, I'll describe something so improbable that I wouldn't have dared to make it up. In those days, I was rather more short-sighted than I am now, and one day I broke my glasses. It would have been possible to get an army pair to replace them, but this would have taken a few days, or possibly weeks. In the meantime, I was what one calls nowadays visually challenged. The morning after breaking my glasses, I was squatting in a field doing what a man has to do when I saw, just a few feet in front of me, a pair of glasses. I tried them on, and they were exactly right for my eyes. So good that I wore them for several years afterwards. There was no path through the field and no building near the spot where I saw the glasses. If the owner had dropped them, he would have picked them up. If he'd been killed, there would have been a body. I have no explanation as to how the glasses came to be in that place at that time. The odds against such a thing happening must be at least as high as the odds against winning the national lottery. To come back to my account, after the dressing situation at the farmhouse, I was taken to a large tinted hospital, rather like those shown in the TV series MASH, and there I was operated on. As usual, I was given the bullet as a souvenir. It was a 9mm copper, lead-filled bullet, of the kind fired by the German Schmeitzer machine gun. One bullet had apparently travelled up my right arm, smashing the radius and ulna in 15 places. In the X-ray, it looked rather like Harry Lauder's walking stick after it was patched together, and I'm eternally grateful to the talented surgeon who managed to patch me up so thoroughly. Another bullet had gone clear through my chest under the clavicle and out under the right scapula, and a third had lodged somewhere near the clavicle. It was never removed and is still with me today. Neither of those last two bullets had done me much harm, except that I couldn't raise my right arm above shoulder level. After Normandy, I was flown back to a hospital in Cardiff. Fortunately, this hospital had just received the first issue of penicillin, and that was what really saved my arm. After a few weeks of using my bum like a pincushion, I was discharged from hospital, and as far as action was concerned, my war was over. I had very little long-term damage apart from my right bicep, which had been detached at the bottom, so that I had virtually no muscle to raise my right arm. I set myself a rigorous course of training by trying to raise half a pint of bitter to my mouth with my right arm. After six months, I was able to raise a full pint, and I was more or less cured. Evidently, I was reasonably fit by then, because nine months later, my second daughter, Carolyn, was born. It was during June's pregnancy that I was called to Buckingham Palace to receive my MC. On the big day, June was suffering from severe morning sickness and was very nearly sick on the royal carpet. The injury to my right shoulder was more or less cured 22 years later by a lucky accident on the yacht Zen, when I fell backwards onto the saloon table. This broke the lesion. I'm not sure if this is the correct term. And after a time, I had complete freedom of movement of my right arm, except perhaps that I can't turn my wrist to take coins in my right hand and still have pain in my shoulder after 50-odd years. Looking back on things, one tends to talk about the enemy as the Germans, but for the first two years in North Africa, the enemy were the Italians, 
and even in the Battle of El Alamein, the division on my bit of the front was the Italian Trento Division. So I was wounded, and my men were killed by Italians, and not Germans. People sometimes write off the Italian army as useless, but the fact is that a gun fired by an Italian does just as much damage to bone and tissue as a gun fired by a German. Italians will probably tell you that they never supported Mussolini, but really what they didn't like about Il Duce is that he didn't win. If the Italians and Germans had won the war, you'd find that nearly all the Italians would claim to have been members of the fascist party. I feel I should be allowed to say a few slightly detrimental things about the Italians, as I have Italian blood in my veins. My grandfather was Swiss-Italian. In any case, I'm sure that my Italian-Jewish brother-in-law, Elio, would have agreed wholeheartedly with this observation. It's fashionable today to have counselling after any fairly traumatic experience, and, and I'm very glad my generation was spared this experience after the war. We managed to work out our own adjustments to life. Perhaps one of the after-effects of the war for us was that the problems of life all seem rather trivial and unimportant, and that the love and health of one's family are the only things that really matter. After I was discharged from hospital, I was posted to an officer training unit in Newark as an instructor. As I was an expert in mines and explosives, I was, naturally, given the job of instructor in mathematics, and, as before, in Ishmaelia, I found myself trying hard to be one lesson ahead of my class. The OCTU, as it was called, at Newark, had about 40 or 50 officers in the officers' mess, and I was given the job of mess secretary. By a bit of luck, I had a very well-qualified mess sergeant, who'd been the head waiter at Odonino's restaurant in London. So we were able to dish up some reasonably edible grub in the mess. They gave me back the rank of captain that I'd given up in North Africa in order to become a parachutist. Looking back on it, I seemed to have done things for the wrong reasons. I became an engineer so that I could go skiing, and a parachutist so that I could get back to England. Let me finish with a quote from Henry V. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgot. But he'll remember, with advantages, what feats he did that day. Act 4, Scene 3 if I've added some advantages in my story, it's not intentional, but certainly this old man forgot many things, so that events and names and places are often confused in my memory. To the question, what did you do in the war, Daddy? I can only say, we won. But in the words of Wellington after Waterloo, it was a damn close-run thing. <laughs>